Are you interested in learning more about how to start your Salesforce career? Be sure to register for our next live webinar showing you exactly how the Salesforce Career Development Program works, our latest statistics, and up-to-date information about what's going on in the Salesforce ecosystem. To register now, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash live. That's talentstacker.com forward slash L-I-V-E. We look forward to seeing you on the next live webinar. Wages don't just go up across the board for everybody. They're going up specifically for the areas that everyone is focusing in, and AI is it. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And And you're you're listening listening to to the Salesforce Salesforce for Everyone Everyone podcast. In today's show, we address the oncoming AI boom in the Salesforce ecosystem. This is inevitable. It will be here. Will it be next month or will it be next year? We don't know, but we know for a fact it's coming. Also, Anita gives a lesson on facing your fears. What's that really old saying? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You will get left behind if you just refuse to learn anything AI. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's episode, we're actually going to be talking to a special guest about a really hot topic in the Salesforce ecosystem, and that is AI. So as promised, we let you know that we are going to be coming back to you with episodes on the show when there are really meaningful things that we feel need to be shared with the Salesforce community. And clearly, AI is one of those topics. So we're back and we're going to really break this down, exactly what's going on with AI in the Salesforce ecosystem. And here with me today to jump in on this topic, as always, is Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, it's good. Uh, Good to be back. (laughs) We lied, everyone. We said we're going away, but we're back for a couple more episodes. Yeah. So if somehow people missed what happened at Dreamforce, there was a lot of AI talk. (laughs) Like a lot, a lot. Yeah. A a lot, a lot. So I'm doing well. Still house stuff. It's like a 10-year project. I think when I started talking about it, I was going to say it was like a two-year project. Now it's bumped up to 10. (laughs) How have you been? I have been good. Uh, Yeah, definitely not working on a 10-year house project. But I know, you know, I've talked to you recently, and I think you guys are enjoying that process. So it doesn't seem like as much of a, it's not a negative. It's just a, I think it's a welcome challenge. And it's really cool what you guys are doing. So I applaud your taking on that challenge. Thank you. Yeah, the Salesforce ecosystem is wild with AI right now. I mean, AI everything. New AI certifications were debuted. We had Dreamforce, which was basically just an AI event. I think it was pretty much the only thing anyone was talking about and what all the sessions were named after. And if you hop on LinkedIn and basically just scroll anything about Salesforce, it's 70% AI related right now. So we decided to bring on the AI guy himself, and we'd like to welcome to the show, Mark Good of AI Force Training. How are you, Mark? Hey, good. Hey, everyone. Yeah, just super excited to be here. And AI is my topic. So I was at Dreamforce. I got all bombarded with all of the AI sessions there. Unfortunately, Anita, AI just can't help with like manual labor yet. So you're not going to be able to speed up your projects. (laughs) But maybe we'll get there someday. Um, Yeah, yeah. AI has certainly taken center stage quite literally at Dreamforce. I mean, I sat through Mark Benioff's keynote and actually, there was one slide, and, and maybe we'll get into it after a little bit, but he had laid out the waves of AI, which I thought was very on point. I have my own posts and thoughts about the different various waves that are coming. 
But what was really interesting is that he has a vision for sort of the future of AI. Right now, everybody's talking about this generative AI, but really soon, or I, I can't say really soon, the timelines are always uh, sort of graying up in the air. But he mentioned AGI, so that augmented general intelligence. That's like his vision of the actual future beyond generative AI. And that's like the mind-blowing AI that you can't even imagine that just totally changes how Salesforce professionals do Salesforce. So I think he's got a vision. Dreamforce was sort of just the stepping stone towards deploying that vision. But yeah, it's definitely center stage and it's the primary topic right now for the Salesforce ecosystem. Yeah, I don't know about you, but while I was at Dreamforce, I got the AI associate cert. I think you probably were the first one to get it even before Dreamforce when it... Were you like number one to get that certification once it was announced? No, I wasn't number one, but I was, I call it week zero. Some people were day zero. I was week zero. But yeah, I was, I want to say I was the first to break the news on LinkedIn. I had sort of a hot take and saw that it was available on web assessors. I was actually looking for it sort of all week and then it popped up because I knew they had to get it ready for the announcement at Dreamforce, which I also broke the news on. But yeah, it showed up midweek. And so I was like, well, even if I'm not going to take it and be the first to post a cert, I at least want to let everybody know it's there. And so I did that. And uh, yeah, I'm a week zero. And whenever the next AI cert comes out from Salesforce, of course, I'll be on that as well and let everybody know as soon as I can. Oh, do you suspect there will be more levels coming out? Yeah, the AI associate, that's just the foundation. So really, a lot of that information is not as actionable right now, which is why AI force training is so important to me, because I really want to teach the actionable AI. But the AI associate is really all that generative AI, fundamental knowledge. How does data get incorporated? What can we expect? What Salesforce tools already exist? What do we have planned coming? What's the rollout look like? And so you have to sort of start somewhere. And that's where they did with the AI associate. But they're absolutely working diligently behind the scenes to deploy the next level of certification for AI. So as far as the AI associate certification goes, just to sort of maybe close out this topic and, and just sort of put a pin in it, but who, who should be taking the AI associate certification? Should anyone who's going to plan to utilize AI in their careers. And I would argue if you don't plan to utilize AI in your Salesforce career, your career might be shorter than expected. So what would your advice be to someone who you know, is looking to take the AI associate certification? Is it a must take or is it kind of like the Salesforce associate cert that's you know right before the admin cert and that, yeah, you can take it if you want to, but you might just want to wait on the real deal to come out. What are your views on that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. My opinion is that any information you can get on generative AI today and help you forecast what it's going to look like in the future is really important. So I recommend for everybody at a minimum, go through the AI trails. So get through that material. Also, we do AI force training. So I teach beyond that, but at a minimum, get the AI trails and get the foundational knowledge that you're going to need. At Dreamforce, there was the Einstein One platform sort of branding that was rolled out and they really sort of pivoted. They took away all those GPT names, so sales GPT, service GPT, and now it's Einstein One. And the idea behind it is they want to create and level, uh, utilize the chatbot on the side of every cloud. Every user gets that chatbot on the side. And so just within your daily workflow, you engage with the chatbot throughout the org. So having some fundamental knowledge about how that works, why it works, the pitfalls and challenges you might face while using that chatbot, you're going to get that going through the AI trails. 
and every user is going to be using that. As a professional, you'll also likely be doing some sort of maybe training for end users inside the org on these tools. And again, like the pitfalls you have to watch for. So you're going to need to need to know that information. And then it does expose you to data. So, you know, the importance of data and the trust layer, the importance of trust with the AI as well. So I just think getting the knowledge is great. You don't necessarily have to go and get the cert. I think the next cert and material in the next cert is going to be more valuable, more applicable, depending on how they choose to roll it out. But, you know, the thing is, if you go through all that trailhead material, why not just pay and get the cert, right? Because then you can say that you've done the work and get credit for it. Yeah, I actually didn't have time to complete the trail before Dreamforce because it was crazy. So I was able to pass just using the AI force training, shameless plug here. It was really helpful in passing that because I I wouldn't recommend just going and taking the exam if you know nothing. But if you've been keeping up with the news and reading a lot about it, it is easier than the admin exam. Yeah, it's so true. And I think um, one of the biggest takeaways from the exam, I think people maybe were a little bit disappointed some after leaving the exam and looking at the test questions material and sort of like you do all that effort to get the AI associate cert, but the applicability of that knowledge isn't quite here yet. And so that's why on the AI force training side, so the program that I have, I break it down into two sort of key areas of application, the actual application of AI. On one side, it's training up expert end users with GPT infused tools. So that's our own proprietary AI force GPT, which is like a chat GPT, but specific for Salesforce users and helps you solution for Salesforce challenges using GPT chatbot tool. And then also train up expert end users on, of course, the OG chat GPT itself, because that's a a free go-to tool for a lot of people and a lot of people use it. And so again, you want to know all the pitfalls, the challenges that you'll face, how to overcome those and how to get the best possible solutions that you can when you're solving for various things that you can do inside the Salesforce ecosystem for your job on a day-to-day basis. So that's the expert end user side. And then on the actionable AI within the org, so not talking chat GPT here, actually inside the org itself, deploying an AI solution inside of a flow, calling it flow GPT. This is walking everybody through the ins and outs of actually how to do it, giving you the tools that you need to execute on that, and then providing information on solutions that you can tackle using AI inside of a flow. And then opening that wide up for some advanced flow GPT use cases, getting everybody trained on that. And I think that to me, that's right now the absolute biggest value and the easiest way to get AI inside your org today and to look the best for your organizations is providing solutions with AI. A lot of people walked away from Dreamforce and said, great, this is cool, saw the sessions, but I don't really have any actionable strategies or actionable plans other than maybe going back and looking at our data and doing some cleanup. Um, FlowGPT is here. It's ready. It's available at AI Force Training. We give you the tools. We give you all the training you need, and you can go out and start deploying actual solutions today. I've got some on YouTube at the AI Force Training YouTube channel. We've got some demo videos on what that looks like, how that actually works, and the kinds of things that you can actually execute with FlowGPT. So that's a big difference. So AI Associate Cert, really good fundamental knowledge, good vision for the future, not a lot of actionable information. The AI Force Training GPT Specialist Cert, that's like actual nitty gritty, get into it, using AI for your work as an expert end user, and then inside the org as a GPT Specialist. Yeah, I, th- I think you brought up a lot of good points here. And it brings to light, like, for instance, you talked about Flow GPT, which is not necessarily a Salesforce feature. It's just something that's possible due to the technology that is available and largely something that you, I would say, unlocked and then brought to light 
on an educational platform, right? Like it's not that it's something that no one can do. In fact, it's something everyone can do. But the same goes to pretty much anything in the world, except if you don't know how to do it or you're not aware of it or you haven't been educated on it, then you're not going to be able to do it. And, you know, we've implemented Flow GPT functionality at Talent Stacker with your assistance because, you know, I went through the training and I was able to get it, I would say 90% there, but that's the beautiful thing with having support, right? That's the beautiful thing with being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I paid for your training. Can I get some assistance here? And at least get some quick questions answered to get over hurdles. And you know, we were able to take processes that used to take, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes and pull those down to five to six minutes. And that's massive when you look at a recurring process that happens hundreds of times a year uh, to be able to save 15 or 20 minutes. So I think you bring to light a very good point of there's AI functionality that you can use right now. And what I think I've noticed, I'll say it's my perspective. I don't know how many other people feel this way, but what I've noticed is a concern around using AI functionality, period. It seems like everyone is waiting on what Salesforce is calling the trust layer. And meanwhile, months ago, you released FlowGPT and it's currently available. And months ago, Salesforce brought up the trust layer and it seems to be becoming the trust later uh, platform that we're, we're all <laughs> waiting on. And we're just waiting, right? We're just waiting and waiting. And we all, we're seeing AI tools constantly being released. And I think a lot of people in the ecosystem would say, well, we just have to wait on when it's ready, right? And you see other companies like Canva, for instance, like Canva has so much AI functionality built into it now that have clearly taken off with this functionality and they're not waiting on a, any kind of you know, situation to wait until it's time to actually see something come into existence. So number one, I think your training was very compelling to me because I could use it today, whether that was through chat GPT or the AI force engine or through functionality inside of my Salesforce org, I could use it today. So how would you communicate with the general public and the Salesforce ecosystem about waiting for standard functionality inside of the Salesforce platform, functionality that Salesforce stamps and says, you can use this now. It's part of our core functionality. What would you say about waiting for that? Because we don't know when it's coming or utilizing training like you have. And the other thing I'll stamp on there is, do you have any idea of, is this going to be included with the Salesforce platform licenses or is this going to be an add-on for customers? Do you have any, any idea on that? Yeah. That's a, a packed question. I think everybody has the same question in mind. A lot of people even ask today, like I hear all this noise about AI, but what's actually available in the org? And there are a few things and they are reported to be using the trust layer. They're limited to anyone with the unlimited license. So not a lot of people are actually using the functionality yet. And there's a reason for that, for the slow rollout. Salesforce has pushed a really strong, and I think it's a smart maybe narrative, about deploying AI that we can trust. And that's what the trust layer is built around. But they haven't yet announced and said, hey, you can call this trust layer with your custom solutions. So right now, there's a big question mark in my mind. I love the trust layer. I love what they've built and what they propose with the trust layer. I'm waiting yeah. for it to come. I'm waiting right. to be allowed to use it so that when you use FlowGPT, all the data runs through the trust layer, PII, all the great things happen. And we get responses that we feel more comfortable using from generative AI. So I think it's coming. I think it's great. I think the big challenge is, is that puts a really big sort of pause and hesitation with the rollout of AI within the org, because it's a fundamental challenge with GPT tech, with AI, generative AI, that things are made up. Things just get made up. 
and information is wrong. And there's just so many challenges that come along with it. It's fundamental to the tech itself. It can't actually be fixed. There's different layers that you can use, like a trust layer to help you minimize that. And that's great. But I think saying you can't trust AI, you can't trust AI, wait for the trust layer is maybe a message that you know might not play out well in the long run because you're always going to have issues no matter what. So big question for my mind is the security of the trust layer, is it made available for custom solutions or not? Or if you're using the trust layer, are you always having used out-of-the-box standard functionality? And if it's the latter, then a lot of people waiting will end up with just that. They'll just end up with standard out-of-the-box functionality and be missing a key component of the custom solution where you're looking at your org and your business processes and you identify a pain point and you say, hey, AI can help with that. If you're waiting for all the standard out of the box, you're not going to be able to solution for that. If you are working with something like FlowGPT, you aren't going through the trust layer, but what you do get is the ability to control yourself all of the data that gets used with AI. So you get to choose and select what information goes to and from the AI. In essence, you are, as the individual, you're the trust layer. The organization is trusting that you are trained up properly via AI force training, and you know how to effectively use this securely without exposing, unnecessarily exposing company data that should be kept private. And so that's what we teach. So we teach the security concerns around FlowGPT. And I think, again, saying that FlowGPT is the fastest way to get AI inside your org. Anyone who's waiting and not learning how to tack on AI on flow skills that we already have, right? We already have this inside of our ecosystem. It's such a big part of it that you're just missing out so much. And all of those company strategy conversations where you walk away without any real input to say, like, here's what we can do today. You're also missing out on being the change agent inside the ecosystem and inside your company. And that's, I mean, just imagine you walk into your executive room today and the conversation about AI and strategy is going on. And you say, hey, we're, we're on a wait and see approach right now versus you say, hey, you know, I know how to solution for some of these challenging topics we have. You know, this could be our AI strategy. We, we can go ahead and start deploying some solutions today. And oh, by the way, if we go ahead and start today and we fail a few times, we're going to learn some things and we're going to be able to iterate faster and just be ahead of every other organization that we're competing with who's also looking to use AI, right? So I think sort of wrap it up then. The biggest thing that you're losing if you're waiting for all standard functionality is you don't have timeline you're going to be limited to specific solutions and you're not going to be the potentially dedicated change agent within your organization, which becomes a key linchpin and makes you sort of future-proof your career, in my opinion. Did I catch everything? Yeah, that was a great answer. I wanted to talk about the other parts that was mentioned, like Einstein Copilot. I feel like this is going to be really big for the end user And there was one session during Dreamforce that I was like, wow, I'm actually getting a lot from this. It was a session by Vanessa Grant and Tom Bassett on preparing your org for AI. And within those slides, they mentioned this article that Ian Gotts wrote on metadata description definitions. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that to prepare our org, we'll have to actually write good descriptions, because when you think about, you know, writing a prompt in ChatGPT, you have to give all this background information and stuff sometimes. So like it really understands. 
So I'm like, oh, duh, it will be reading the descriptions and what's in the org already. So we need to clean that up, not only the normal cleanup, like duplicates, all that stuff, but actually what we have, if we even have descriptions, you know, in our our metadata. So that that was like a big light bulb moment. I mean, that's a new job right there for someone in an org because that is depending on how big the company is, that's a lot of work. I'll just piggyback on what Anita said and just say, you know, it's huge. And, and she's absolutely right that, that there should be AI preparation projects, right? Like projects where we are just prepping our orgs for the use of AI in an effective way. And I think what we saw Vanessa Grant and, you know, Tom Bassett and Ian Gotts obviously mentioned there, um, mentioning is extremely important. And I think those like Ian and yourself, Mark, that are on the front end of this AI push, I mean, obviously you guys co-founded GPT Dreamin. For the first time, we've ever seen a technology-specific focused Dreamin event, right? It's not just Texas Dreamin or Florida Dreamin or Midwest Dreamin. It's GPT Dreamin. And we have not seen that before. And so I think that puts another impetus on just how massive this is. And I've always thought that you don't prepare for things when they're available, right? We don't wait until we're broke to save money. We save money so that we don't end up in a situation where we're broke. You prepare for the thing that's coming or that might come. You don't prepare for it once it's there. And so I think that's so important. We know this is coming. This is inevitable. It will be here. Will it be next month or will it be next year? We don't know. But we know for a fact it's coming. So you prepare for things that are coming. You don't wait until they're here to prepare. So I think that should be a massive takeaway for the Salesforce ecosystem. It's the same way Talent Stacker looks at job landing, right? People would say, you know, there's been a lot of layoffs in 2023. It may not be the best time to land a Salesforce job. But once again, you don't prepare for what's here, you prepare for what's coming. And we know that the economy goes through ups and downs. So this is the time to prepare and be ready to launch when the technology is available, when the jobs are available. So it's never, in my opinion, it's never a bad time to be prepared for what you know is coming. So why wouldn't you? I know it was a bit of a tangent, but yeah, what what are your thoughts there on the metadata, bringing it back to the Anita's question? Yeah, well, first I want to say, I mean, you're so right. In the space of AI, we'll get to the uh, metadata because it's so important. But in the AI space, now that we've sort of broken this threshold where generative AI is available publicly, you can interact with it daily. It helps you within your workflow every day. We're really off to the races when it comes to what's the next level. And Mark, Mark and team, Benioff and team, they're already thinking forward and doing that. And I'm going to tie this back into why it's so important that, that you don't just wait and you get started today. They're thinking forward, and the next thought is around the Einstein Copilot and creating skills. I'll tell you about that. And those skills being compounded to create what they're going to call agents. So, so like autonomous, potentially, agents within the org. And then these are all the foundational building blocks that lead us eventually to AGI, where you show up to your org and AI sort of knows your business process and can take steps for you. So imagine you wake up five years from now and you forgot whatever today's date is. I don't want to date this. But you forgot that podcast you listened to mentioned how important it was to get started with AI skills. And you wake up five years from now and you you sort of open your eyes and you realize like the entire platform has changed seemingly overnight. The skill sets required to do your job changed seemingly overnight and you are way behind. That is the opposite of what you want to take place. So let me explain, let me loop in now the metadata and sort of drive this home. 
So right now we're looking at the Einstein Copilot, and that's like a chatbot on the side of every cloud within your org, and your end users are using that, and that's cool, and that's fun. But what about us administrators who are looking at the org, and we're having to manipulate the org to deliver the solutions our users require? With metadata, Ian Gotts and team are taking and looking at the descriptions of fields. And if you go to your description of your field and you really flesh out in that description, like here's what this field is for, here's how we utilize it, here's what it means to our organization, maybe even include if our flow references this field to do certain things. And now you've done that for all your fields and you're feeding that to AI and you're saying, hey, AI, here's our org, like here's how we're structured. That can kind of bridge your mind to the gap of what if that chatbot on the side of the org isn't Einstein Copilot just for end users? What if it's for us professionals managing the org itself? What if, and I say what if because this is for you, but for me, this is like, this is coming. We're on the cusp of this. What if I'm as an administrator in the org and using the chatbot to make decisions about configuration for the org based on specific projects that I'm working, based on specific end user requests, tickets that I'm trying to close out? And what if we use the chatbot to create fields or create automations or create, make the changes that we're looking for? That's coming. So I think you're going to run into challenges if today you're not learning about the fundamental knowledge that you need to engage with AI effectively. You're going to wake up and you're going to be trying to use that tool and you're going to wonder why things aren't working. And it's because you don't have the fundamental knowledge underneath it all. Feeding your org-specific metadata to AI for decision-making, that's a big deal. And that changes how we look at the org as administrators behind the scene, as architects behind the scene, as project managers behind the scene. It's a, it's a big deal. That's all I got to say. All right. So going back to the roots of this podcast and why it, why it started, you know, people want jobs. So how is, I mean, one, is it affecting the current job market and how is it going to impact it in the future? Is it affecting the current job market and how is it going to impact it in the future? So I think it's kind of a little bit slow going on the job market standpoint. And this is something that I've identified as a challenge for AI focused professionals. So I'm working with some others to flesh out the actual job skill verbiage that's going to go on resumes. And I'm also working on the chain of sort of the uh, the push. So into the market, I'm going to be having to push these terms and keywords and skills that are on resumes to recruiters, to employers to say, these are the skills that you're looking for. In that, what's going to happen is there's going to be a pop in demand. All of a sudden, all these companies that are looking for AI strategies are going to realize that acquiring talent with AI skill sets is going to be core to their AI strategy. And there's going to be a massive demand for anybody who's got AI skills on their resume. So the goal right now is to get skilled up, get actual things that you can put on your resume, AI ops, prompt engineering, AI force, GPT specialist certification. So having that AI cert, having that GPT specialist cert, these are going to be the things that make you stand out to employers. Every employer is looking for that AI strategy I mentioned earlier. And that core to that strategy is going to be hiring the talent that's needed to execute on the strategy and the AI plan. There was an article that was just posted by the Boston Consulting Group. I have it pulled up here because it was so important to me. I spoke at Dreamforce. And at Dreamforce, one of the things I mentioned, I said, coming soon, you know, there's gonna they're gonna start publishing the effectiveness of an employee with AI versus the effectiveness of an employee without AI. And so being an employee that can effectively use AI for your job is going to make you stand out. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you like a really quick snippet of this Boston consulting group. So they took a subset of their consultants who were using AI, like a chat GPT, specifically GPT-4 to go throughout and execute their job, their work, and then consultants that weren't doing that. And so they compared the two and they published a report and the high level was consultants that were using GPT-4, using AI for their work, finished, check out these numbers, 12% more tasks. So it's 12% more tasks overall. The tasks that they completed were 25% quicker than previously before. And this was the one that stood out to me the most. They produced 40% higher quality results. So 40% higher quality results. So why is this important? Because when these studies get published, this feeds the AI strategy that employers have. They see these numbers and they say to themselves, well, we need people who are going to be using GPT. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to take their current employers and they're going to figure out the training material, AI force training likely, to get them trained up on GPT products, using it for their workflow, or they're going to hire new talent that has those skills. And so you want to be on the side of new talent. Or if you're with an employer and you want to stay with them, you're going to want to get those skills so that you can use AI throughout your workflow and get that efficiency. And so this is just a theme that's going to keep going over the next 12 to 24 months where the strategies are fleshed out, the talent changes are going to be identified, and we're producing some keywords that go on resumes to help facilitate this in the marketplace. And companies are going to be looking for these skills. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I imagine even thinking as talent stacker or many of the companies that I've you know consulted with over the years, like you're going to want an AI strategy for each product that you own. Like those product owners are going to need to have an AI strategy, right? Because if that's going to be the future, then each individual product that you have needs to be infused with AI if possible, if at all possible, think outside of the box and infuse it with AI to make it 12% more efficient and to allow it to be 40% more effective in its quality, right? And this is just the beginning. We're talking about GPT-4, right? And I know we know it's impressive, but we also know it's the beginning and that this is going to get so much more powerful and so much more impactful. And I think this time next year, you're probably going to be seeing those exact same stats, but you know, 100% more effective and 100% better quality of work. And I think when we look at that, it can bring up a couple of things in my mind. Like number one, if you're listening to this podcast in this episode and you've decided to take action, it means you're going to be on the front end-ish of this wave, right? This is You're very much on the front end in the grand scheme of things. So the first thing to do is not tell anyone that you've become 40% better quality and 12% more effective and just work less hours and enjoy your AI abilities and just getting your job done faster. Uh, the second thing is as soon as employers are looking for this, you've already got it. You've got it on your resume. Yes, you can have a couple of AI certifications, but you can also talk about it's always quantitative. It's always quantitative, right? Like that's what people want on your resume, on your LinkedIn, on your post. It's what have you done to utilize AI technology in order to be more efficient, in order to render better quality in your work? Demo that in your portfolio. Showcase your ability to do that. I tell you what, like if people actually took your Flow GPT training, and I don't mean this as a plug, I just mean it as part of my my rants I tend to have on every episode. If people actually used Flow GPT technology right now, and even in a dev org or a sandbox, and they showed what they were able to accomplish with that and then demoed that in a portfolio or LinkedIn, they would have the all eyes on them, just the attention of the ecosystem. And how did you do that? But what I've seen is they'll take the training and they'll go, that's cute. 
and they'll move along and they'll go, that's great. I learned it. It's awesome. But if you want people to notice you, if you want to be hired as that AI expert, and I'm telling you, like we've seen this over and over again, the new technology, think about CPQ. CPQ is small beans compared to what we're talking about here. CPQ is a product. AI is infused across all product lines. So that means it is, I mean, it just goes across everything, right? It's usable in every single company, not just companies that use CPQ. It's usable for every company that uses Salesforce and beyond. And we tend to see these massively high pay scales for this type of technology, especially early on. People go, how do people make 200,000? How do people make $300,000? I've never heard of that. That's the craziest thing. Well, you're going to hear about it here. Like this is the type of technology where you're going to hear about it again. So obviously I can't guarantee that, but look back over history and that's what tends to happen. I mean, even CPQ experts are charging $200 an hour. Like you do the math, it's $400,000 a year. I think this will be more in demand than that. So yeah, I know I said a lot, but I would just encourage people use free resources. Like Mark, I don't know if you have any suggestions. Like you don't have to pay a dime. Like Mark said earlier, you can look at the AI associate certification by Salesforce and just do the trails if you want to. Just hop on trailhead and do the trails at a minimum. I know that you have some free training. If you wanted to take a chance to talk about that, I think any resources you recommend doesn't have to be yours, but you know, resources to get up to speed on AI and doing it today, not next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share the resources, but first I just wanted to talk about the pay. We're in a really interesting economic environment right now. And if you look back in history, what happens when we have these significant economic downturns, they're marked by really massive transitions in the workforce. And this one is going to be marked by a generative AI transition or an AI transition. So leaving our, our recession when, someday when everything gets back to normal, hopefully sooner rather than later, what's going to happen is when we exit on the other end, we're going to see the results of inflation and whatnot, and wages have to go up. They have to. But wages don't just go up across the board for everybody. They're going up specifically for the areas that everyone is focusing in, and AI is it. So there is going to be a massive inflation or a massive um, increase in wages for the skills that are in high demand. That's just how inflation works. That's how people pay for these high, higher expenses in the long run. Pay has to go up eventually. That will happen. And pay will go up the highest for jobs that are highest in demand. And that's going to be in the AI space. So you know that's just looking back at history. That's just how things work. Um, oh, for free resources, let's talk about... So FlowGPT, I have the free three-day challenge on the AI Force training website. So just go there. You'll see it on the page. It gives you a better sense of how FlowGPT works, sort of starts you down the path and wrapping your mind around how to get that done, kicks you off on the right skills for flows if you don't have those yet. And it also just increases your knowledge and awareness of AI inside the Salesforce ecosystem. So there's a lot going on there. I definitely recommend that for everybody. I also have what I call the intro to GPT for Salesforce. So if, again, it's, um, you won't see that on the webpage, but if you sign up either for FlowGPT or at the bottom of the page, there's a form for the waitlist for GPT specialists, just go ahead and sign up there and you'll get a notification via email for the intro to GPT for Salesforce. And that's, again, that's just a free resource. It's like a mini course where you can get introduced and just sort of get that fundamental knowledge that you're going to need. Then, of course, there's the AI material that's available on Trailhead and, uh, yeah, those are the core resources right now that I see that everyone should be taking a dive into. And yeah, definitely do the free stuff first. Why not always do the free stuff first? All right. So I, I want to address any listeners who are afraid of AI and just like refuse to learn. It's here. It's the future. It's not going anywhere. So you're going to have to learn it. 
And I mean, if you're afraid, that's more reason to learn about it because I mean, you'll be able to, I mean, like knowing things about hallucinations, like Mark teaches in AI Force and that lies and stuff, you have to be able, you have to have the knowledge to look out for these things. And then what's that really old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So if AI is your enemy, just know everything you can about it and feel comfortable because you will get left behind if you just refuse to learn anything AI. I think too, there's been a theme in my personal life and, and business life, whatever, that when things are challenging, if you're afraid of it, that's one thing, right? Like truly you're afraid that AI is going to, you know, take over the world or something that that's one thing. But if it's challenging to you, like it feels uncomfortable because it's so new and it's this technology and how could I ever learn AI? For me, those are my chances to lean in. When something makes me uncomfortable, that's something I need to learn to challenge myself, to expand my knowledge, to make things that are uncomfortable feel comfortable again. And I think I've said this repeatedly, but it's about leaning into that discomfort. And obviously, you know, a lot of people talk about leaning into your discomforts, but If you can do that, if you can get in a habit of doing that, and I'm not saying get comfortable with it, but I am saying get comfortable around uncomfortable things. And you're going to find yourself expanding so much faster when something sounds uncomfortable or challenging. And you take that as your trigger to go, all right, I need to figure out what this is and overcome it because it's uncomfortable to me. So I should figure this thing out versus running away from it. I don't think that's going to get you very far in the long run, especially if you want to be in the tech ecosystem in the Salesforce tech space, especially, and all that anybody at Salesforce is talking about is AI, you might want to look into AI. Yeah. Just a little bit. And I'll tell you that the way that I frame AI for everybody is in the short term, it's becoming for everyone who's adopting, it's becoming sort of your side assistant who you can just sort of tap on 24 seven and help you execute on things. It's the same thing's going to happen in org with Einstein Copilot for the end users. It's sort of there, always available, and you sort of tap on its shoulder when you need some support or help or want some want it to do something for you. It's really important that you don't push that off, that that free assistant even, because the skills you're going to gain as you utilize it are going to compound. And those are the skills that become the skills that you have when the assistant can do way more than it could do before. So that is coming. That will be here. So I kind of like what you said, Anita. It's like, keep your enemies closer. I think something like that. Um, if you if you see it as an enemy, if you see it as taking your job, I think in the long run, this is the sort of thing that's true. In the shorter term, if you want to hedge against that and protect yourself from that, get familiar with it, understand it, get the skills you need to utilize it as the assistant, and you get to stay in the driver's seat. And that's how you guarantee that you get to stay in the driver's seat. And that's as a society, um, okay, maybe a little more philosophical here, because I think it is important with the growth of AI. You know, there's that scary Terminator movie where AI just becomes the overlord and runs us all. The way that we keep it in check, the way that we use it, the way we want to in the long run is we have to make it the assistant. And it's always in a supporting role for what the human is looking for. So for anyone who's scared, think of it that way. That's the most helpful, beneficial way to think of artificial intelligence inside of our workspace. Awesome ending. So if anyone out there is interested in taking Mark's three-day challenge, head over to AIforcetraining.com. And if for some reason you haven't done the five-day challenge and want to start a Salesforce career, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start. All right. Tons of free resources. We definitely want to keep our community supported and we will continue to bring you episodes 
as there is information that we feel is vital to the Salesforce ecosystem and is mission critical for individuals in established Salesforce roles or looking to land those entry-level jobs. If you're getting value from this episode and this podcast overall, please share it with your friends, let them know about it, and go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you don't mind, and let others know that you're enjoying this content. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonca. If you like what we do at this Scrappy Can Do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.